This morning we're going to be considering Luke chapter 12, uh, verses 22 through verse 34. Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 22. Listen now to the reading of God's holy word. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds. And which of you by wearing can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... How much more will he clothe you, O you of little little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags, which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's seek the Lord's blessing on this, His Word. O gracious God in heaven, we rejoice and give thanks to You, Father, for Your Word and for this opportunity that we have to come to this passage this morning. And we do pray that as we hear Your Word, that Your Spirit would go forth in the proclamation of Your Word. And that as your word goes forth, it would truly find within our hearts that rich, fertile soil which brings about great and abundant fruit for your glory. And so we ask now for your blessing upon your word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, over the last couple of weeks... We've studied, uh, as we've been studying Jesus' discourse here in Luke 12, we've been looking at different challenges that we face as we strive to live the lives that Christ has called us to live. And so far we've considered fear, and, and then last time we looked at greed. And we've seen how these can lead to destruction if we don't overcome them in our lives. We acknowledge though, that the only way to overcome them is to fully and completely trust in Christ and the all-sufficient grace that He richly supplies each of us each and every day. 
And this morning we come to a third great challenge that's just as difficult to deal with. The challenge of anxiety. Anxiety about basic needs, money, job security, relationships, children, the future, health, sickness, or even death. These can all be quite disruptive to our lives, even even as Christians. As we come to this passage this morning, we'll consider the extent of the problem of anxiety, some reasons why we shouldn't be anxious, and then finally some things we could do to overcome anxiety in our lives. And so we begin with the problem of anxiety. We know that anxiety is is very common. It's, It's true that some may struggle with it more than others, but it's hard to find anyone, anywhere, who isn't anxious about something in their lives. Especially in these challenging times that we're in. We see in Jesus' words here in verse 22, anxiety about such basic necessities is nothing new. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. See, Jesus now has once again turned his attention to his disciples. Last time we considered that uh, when he was interrupted by a man who had a dispute with his brother about the family inheritance. And pursuant to the warning that Jesus then gave, this now leads to this caution to his disciples about anxiety. See, most of the disciples were, uh, they had very little. And so it's very possible that they struggled with being worried or anxious about where their food or clothing was going to come from, especially since many had left everything in order to follow Jesus. Well, it's important that we see the concern here that Jesus has for his people and how well he knows them. You see, because He knows. He knows us. He knows that in our fallen and and sinful nature, even those who believe in Him and and confess His name for salvation, Jesus knows we're we're very prone to worry and to be anxious about such things. To be anxious basically means to have a great concern about something, but but usually with a feeling of, it's a concern, but with a a feeling of a possible danger or misfortune. And so it's important to note that Jesus isn't condemning a show of concern. Obviously, there are things that we should be concerned about. But anxiety is concern taken to such an extreme that all hope becomes completely overshadowed by thoughts of fear and dread and doom. Anxiety is rooted in a hopeless, helpless outlook in the current situation and perhaps even in all of life. Now such a state of mind can have physical effects that can be most disruptive in our lives. And we know people respond to anxiety in different ways. Some respond by uh, continuously ruminating over whatever it is that's causing the anxiety, which of course only makes it worse. Some turn to food and they overeat, while others turn away from food and they end up not eating enough. Some may self-medicate with illicit drugs or alcohol. Others will just lie awake tossing and turning all night, losing sleep, or they'll become nervous and jittery throughout the day. 
Indeed, it's possible to become so anxious that a person can be distracted and unable to do their jobs or even complete basic daily functions. And others increase the likelihood of other health problems because of increased heart rate and high blood pressure. And so these effects can be debilitating. So it's obvious to see that being anxious isn't good for us. But it's not just that anxiety takes its toll physically and emotionally on a person. It even has a significant spiritual impact as well, especially for believers in Christ. And we see this in two ways. First, it diminishes the very substance of life. Because the things we often are anxious about are things tied to this life. As Jesus here mentions specifically food and clothing. Now yes, these are two very important basic needs for life. But this brings us back to a key lesson that Jesus has been emphasizing throughout all of Luke chapter 12. And he states it again here in verse 23. Life is more than food. And the body is more than clothing. And so as believers in Christ Jesus, we must constantly remember that life is so much more than our physical existence. And it's so much greater than the here and now. Yes, of course, our bodies are important and we ought to be diligent in caring for our bodies. But one day our bodies are going to return to the dust. In fact, it's interesting irony that the longer we live, the more our bodies break down and, and sag and become weak. You see, because our bodies weren't built to last forever. In fact, one day we'll receive new glorified bodies in the time of the resurrection when Christ returns at the end of the age. But our souls... And the spiritual condition of our heart, well now that's what's going to last forever. And that's what's going to continue on from this life on into the the eternal life to come. And so we have to be careful to never lose sight of this fact. That we're truly pilgrims passing through this life on to something bigger and better. And when we're anxious about even such basic needs as food and clothing... We're actually putting the emphasis on the body and not the soul. But there's a second spiritual effect anxiety has upon us. As we discover from what Jesus says here in verse 23, to be anxious or to be overcome with worry is sinful for the people of God. Now this may seem rather surprising, But if you consider that Jesus is using an imperative here, that is, He's commanding His disciples, do not worry. So simply, if we don't obey the commands which Jesus Christ, the Son of God, gives to us, well then we are sinning against Him. In fact, not only is being worried and anxious about things a sin, but if Jesus commands us, Do not worry? Well, then he obviously believes that we're able to fulfill this command and not be worried or anxious. That is, anxiety 
being anxious, being worried, is actually a choice that we make in response to the circumstances that we find around us. Think about that for a moment. We don't have to be anxious about anything. It's something that we choose to do. And when we choose to be anxious about something, we're sinning against God. And we'll look at this again shortly, but for now it's important to see that if we choose to be anxious, we're sinning because we're choosing not to trust the sovereign Lord God, the creator of heaven and earth, to provide us with all that we really and truly need. Now, of course, it's easy to say to someone, or even to ourselves, do not worry, trust God to provide. But of course, as we all well know, it's much more challenging to actually live this out in our lives. It's not easy. But friends, it's what Christ calls us to do. And so we must do it. It's not easy, and we can't do it in our own strength. We again must fully and completely rely on the grace and the strength that the Spirit of God gives us every day. It's hard work to not be anxious about anything. But God will give His people the strength and the will that they need to obey His commands. This is His promise. And Jesus now goes on to give four other reasons why we shouldn't be anxious. Anxious, right, Just in case the fact that it's a sin against God and it demeans the essence of life, just in case those aren't enough. Well, here's four other reasons why we shouldn't worry. The first reason Jesus gives is that worrying is simply unnecessary and unfruitful. Especially when it comes to basic needs such as food. In verse 24, he says, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? So Jesus is sitting there, perhaps pointing to a flock of ravens that are, are flying by, or perched on a tree, or more yet, just kind of going around on the... Uh, on the ground looking for scraps. And he calls his disciples to consider them. Look at, look at these ravens. They don't work for their food. They don't sow seed. They don't reap it at harvest time. They don't build storerooms or barns to stash away their goods. But God in His providence, God takes care of them. And He feeds them. In Psalm 147, verse 9, the psalmist sings, He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens which cry. These birds don't worry about where their food will come from because they depend on God to provide for them. Now here's the part that would really sting the ears of those who are first hearing this. You see, ravens are scavengers. I'm like the, what I call the Walmart birds. <laughs> Roaming around the parking lot at Walmart. They're scavengers. They get their food anywhere it's to be found. And like all creatures that are scavengers, they were considered to be unclean by the Jewish Levitical Code. 
And so ravens couldn't be eaten, nor could they be used for sacrifices. They were unclean animals. And yet these unclean birds, Jesus says that God cares for them and provides for them. And so the point he's making is this. If God so cares for these birds that He is declared to be unclean, well then certainly He's going to care for those who've been created after His own image. You see, because we're of much more value than those scavenging birds. And so wearing is truly unnecessary. And if God will take care of these birds and and provide them with necessary food, well then, you know what? He's going to provide us with necessary food. We just need to trust Him. Now, this doesn't mean that we should begin to live like ravens and walk around the parking lot of Walmart and looking for scraps of food. Not to be scavengers who don't work, who don't sow, who don't reap, and don't store up a supply of food for ourselves and our families. No, not at all, because we're to trust God to provide, yes, but we also understand that God often provides for us through means. And the means that He's provided for us is work. The Apostle Paul charges in 2 Thessalonians 3 that if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. So if you don't work, well then you shouldn't eat. God has provided work so that we can have the means to get the food and the sustenance that we need for life. And we're to be diligent to work to the glory of God. And if for some reason we're unable to work, well then God has provided the means of generosity from family, friends, and even His church. And so it truly is unnecessary to worry about things. Even these basic things such as food, because God will surely provide. And secondly, we see another reason we shouldn't worry is because, again, it's unprofitable and unproductive. Jesus says in verse 25, And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Now, some translations may have here, uh, can add one hour to his lifespan, which really, in some ways, makes more sense to speak about adding time to one's life rather than uh, inches to one's height. But either way, the metaphor works for the point that Jesus is making. You see, you can worry about food, clothing, and or whatever else you may worry about, but all that anxiety <clears throat> isn't going to get you anywhere. It's not going to make you one measure taller. It's not going to add any time to your life. In fact, as we considered earlier, it will do just the opposite and actually detracts from your life and takes away from your life because of its negative effects on the body. And Jesus emphasizes the futility of wearing, verse 26. He says, If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? You see, in a lifetime, an hour is pretty insignificant. And it's even more so when we consider God's eternal perspective. And so if worrying about basic essential needs such as food and clothing can add even a moment, let alone an hour of time to your life or even an inch to your height, well then why waste your time worrying about other less essential matters? Right? Because 
food and clothing, well, they're pretty essential. But we often worry about far less essential things. Worrying is, worrying is unprofitable. Right? It's vain. It, it doesn't change anything. It's, I had the illustration one time. It's like sitting in a rocking chair. Right? It gives you something to do, but you don't get anywhere. Indeed, wearing is counterproductive to your life. So why do you do it? The third reason to avoid wearing <clears throat> is that it shows a lack of faith. In verses 27-28, Jesus uses another illustration from nature. This time he looks over at the field and tells his disciple to consider the lilies, which is likely a collective term to refer to all the, the wildflowers that were there in the field. Again, like the ravens, these flowers do not work, and yet they grow. And not only do they grow, but they're beautifully arrayed by God's handiwork and design. And as Jesus says, they're even more beautiful than all the glorious robes of King Solomon, who was the the wealthiest uh, king of Israel. Again, the point is this. If God so cares for these wildflowers in the field, which will at some point be chopped up and gathered together and used for fuel in the oven, well then how much more will He clothe those for whom His precious Son died? In other words, God truly cares for His people. He'll provide the food, the clothing, and any other unnecessary thing for them. If you worry about these things, your faith is weak, as Jesus declares pointedly here, Oh, you of little faith. When we worry about things, food, clothing, money, health, the future, whatever it is, we're not trusting God to provide. We're not putting our faith in Him. We're denying His goodness, His compassion, His power, and His sovereignty to work out all things for our good and His glory. When we're anxious, we lose sight of who God is, carrying on as if He wasn't there. We're without help and without hope. Wearing shows a lack of faith. Finally, anxiety and worry... Jesus says, is the way of the world. That is, it's not for those who believe in God and Jesus Christ whom He sent. Verse 29 and 30, Jesus says, And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind for all these things the nations of the world seek after. See, unbelievers, those who forsake Christ and the gospel, they actually have a reason to worry and be anxious. Because they reject God. Because they deny that every good and perfect gift, including basic necessities such as food and clothing, come to them from God as a result of God's goodness toward humanity. Because they deny the God who causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Because they refuse to confess the name of Christ and instead trust in themselves and others in governments and in false gods and idols. All these things that they trust in will ultimately fail them miserably because they reject the truth. 
Well, they should be worried. And worry they do. But for the believer in Jesus, it ought ought not to be so. See, we don't have to worry at all. We have faith in God. Right? He's the creator of all things and His Son, Jesus Christ. We have a sure and certain hope of eternal life because of what Jesus accomplished for us when He died on the cross for our sins and then He rose again from the dead on the third day. We know, as we've repeatedly seen, that life is much more than just the here and now of this life. We know these things. And as Jesus reminds us here, we know that our Heavenly Father knows that you need these things. Because we know and believe that our God is the one and true living God who is all-knowing and all-powerful. We alone have the confidence that He already knows all our needs. And even right now, He's working out His plan to fulfill those needs for our good and His glory. Brothers and sisters, if you so believe in Jesus Christ for salvation, and you truly place your hope and trust in Him and what He did for you, then you don't need to be anxious about anything. Because through Christ, you're a beloved child of the Almighty Heavenly Father who can do all things, even the impossible, for those for whom His Son died. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Romans 8 verse 32, saying, speaking about Jesus, He who did not spare His own Son but delivered Him over for us all, how will He not also with Him freely give us all things? What a certainty to cling to when you're tempted to be anxious. You see, friends, God has already given you everything in His Son, Jesus Christ. And surely then, if He's given you everything in Christ... But then you have no need to worry that the Lord will graciously provide what you need in this life. We need to trust Him. When we consider the problem of anxiety and, <clears throat> and some of the reasons why we shouldn't be anxious. But how are we supposed to deal with those times when we do get anxious? Because we do get anxious. What must we do to overcome that anxiety that we struggle with? Consider these principles, though, that we find here in the final four verses. First, Jesus challenges His disciples to overcome anxiety by rearranging their priorities. In verse 31, But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. See, our lives and how we live them are to be first and foremost focused upon God, His kingdom, and His glory. We seek first the kingdom of God when we diligently pursue His Lordship in our lives and in the lives of those around us. His law and His word are to reign supreme in our hearts and our minds. 
We're to live as He calls us to live in, in truth and in holiness. And we're to challenge others to live their lives in the same way for His glory. So if we make this our chief pursuit in life and in death, all these things, all these things that we're tempted to be worried about, all these things necessary for us will be added to us by our faithful God and King. So we need to focus on serving the Lord first and foremost. Secondly, to combat and overcome anxiety, we must completely and fully trust in God and very vigorously claim the promises of His Word. Jesus gives one of these important promises here in verse 32. He says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So we're to diligently seek the kingdom, knowing with all certainty that God has given it to us. Graciously and gladly, God has given us the glory of His kingdom. And so we should confess to God the sin of worry, and and we should trust Him claiming this and all the promises of His Word as our own, pleading our cause before the Heavenly Father. Even as the Apostle Paul challenges us in Philippians 4, verse 6, saying, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Claim this promise and trust God that He will give you this pure and perfect peace when you cast off your anxious thoughts. The third way that Jesus gives for us to combat anxiety is to be generous. You see, if you worry about the things of this life, well, you're not only focusing on yourself, but you're also likely to be stingy with all the blessings that God has given you, just like the rich fool that we considered last time. Jesus says here in verse 33, sell what you have and give alms. Now, we shouldn't misunderstand this. The point here isn't that we must live in poverty, but rather Jesus is challenging His disciples to to first not be so attached to your possessions that you're worried about losing them. And then secondly, you should be generous with however little or much the Lord has given you. Proverbs 11 verse 25 says, The generous man will be prosperous. He'll be prosperous because he'll be putting the needs of others before his own. And if he's putting the needs of others before his own, well then he's not overcome with anxiety for himself because he's not focused on himself. So we should be generous. The final way that Jesus calls us to overcome anxiety is by diligently building your treasure in the right place. And in verse 33 and verse 34, Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Well, this goes hand in hand with being generous. But it's also much more. 
You see, because any good done, any good thing that we do in the name of Christ and for the glory of Christ is building up treasure in heaven. But the challenge that Jesus gives here is that our hearts can't be in two places at once. So if our hearts are devoted to this life and the things in this life and all the things that we're worried about in this life, well then what we have now will be our only treasure. And anxiety will come upon us and overwhelm us because we're going to be constantly worried that someone is going to steal what we have or, or what we have is going to be lost or destroyed in some way. And as we've seen, worrying about such things ultimately leads to destruction. But if our hearts are devoted to God, to fully and completely serving Him, obeying His commands and trusting in Him, then we have the assurance that our treasure will be in God's glorious presence forever. And where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So, beloved of God, don't be anxious. Do not worry. It'll sap the strength and the energy from your life. It's unproductive and it doesn't do anything. Again, it's hard though. It's hard not to worry. No one ever said it was going to be easy to not be overcome with anxiety. But beloved of God, trust God. Trust Him to provide for you. And believe that your Heavenly Father, who gave you everything in Jesus Christ, believe that He cares for you, and that He knows exactly what you need. Cling to the promises that Jesus Himself has secured for you, and and claim those promises as your own. Know the good plan that God has for you. And trust it. And trust that the Holy Spirit will give you the grace and the strength to overcome anxiety in all of life, about all things, so that you can live the life that He has called you to live as you would do all you do in seeking after His kingdom and for His glory alone. Let's pray. Oh, gracious God in heaven, we rejoice and give thanks for your blessing upon us through your word and the reminder to not be anxious. But Lord, we are weak. And we are anxious about many, many things. Some of us here may be anxious about a variety of things. Lord, help us. We truly believe Help our unbelief. Help us to trust you. Help us to rest and rely. To rest fully in in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. And his grace and mercy. And the promises that he has secured for us. So that we would forsake worry. And that we would have that true peace. 
a peace which surpasses all understanding. The peace that begins with our peace and reconciliation with you provided by Jesus Christ, your Son, when He died on the cross for our sins. Father, bless us with that peace. Help us to not be anxious or worried about all the things going on us in the world and our personal lives. You're the sovereign creator of all things. You're working out your plan and you've told us that it's a good plan. A plan for our good and for your ultimate glory. Help us to trust that. And Father, we just pray that Your Spirit would truly apply these truths, this challenge to us, and draw us all closer to Yourself. As we rejoice and give thanks that You give us Your Word to remind us of these things. We pray that it would be a blessing to us even now. We pray all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.